Not you, sir. Welcome to The Helping Hand. Today I am so grateful to have the Jason Bird so on grateful. with us today. Um, this is a pleasure to have Jason involved with The Helping Hand on today's, well it will be a podcast, but the interview today. So we're going to start off the interview with his creation that he started during lockdown, which is the podcast of Mind Your Loaf. So Jason, welcome to The Helping Hand and thanks again uh, for coming on. No bother. Um, I mean... Um, can people see this as well as here? I wonder. Yeah, we'll be doing that as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad because I, I, you know, I brushed my hair and did my special lighting in my room. Now, uh, it's it, this is now my studio. This room. So, yeah, yeah, it's a bedroom. And then when I'm on like Facebook Live, people they kind of go, Jason, can you move your head? What what bed covers do you have? I go, it's it's a spare room. We just all relax. So, <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, I did a thing called Mind Your Loaf, and um, I. I'll summarize real quickly, right? Uh, I, I learned this um, summarize method from, you know, Ryan Tuberty. You know, we all know Ryan Tuberty. His brother is um, some sort of neurosurgeon. Yeah, right? Ryan. Uh, yeah, is it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he'd absolutely freak out if we could forget his name, by the way. So we went to his house after the Late Late Show once, me and Ryan and him and uh, uh, Pat Kenny, not Pat Kenny, John Kenny, okay. as in, you know, the, the unbelievables. Yeah, yeah. And we were sitting there, and while Ryan was telling the story, his brother was telling the late, late show host to summarize. He kept going, Summarize, I've got time. Summarize, Ryan. Jesus, how are you a chat show host? This is embarrassing. We haven't got time. It's one in the morning, right? So I'll summarize. The mind your loaf was I ha like, I was doing comedy now. I have been doing about 25 years, and I was starting to get, you know, I really have an interest in mental health and stuff because. I started to go to therapy and I started kind of going, Oh my God, is that what it's like? That's really cool. Is that what happens in therapy? Is this what it's like? Is that what mental health is about? And then I thought, you know, a lot of people don't speak out about, you know, their mental health and it's fine. Now loads of people are doing it now, which is brilliant. I think that lot, this lockdown has gone like literally you'll hear anybody. I mean, like everybody's a mental health expert now, unfortunately for all the psychotherapists that have been studying for 10 years, you know, what will help you now with your mental health. I'm going, oh my God. Anyway, so I wanted to, I was thinking of going back to college and studying, you know, psychotherapy or philosophy, or I had this mad idea. So I met my friend, Colin Cloud, who's a forensic mind reader in, in Edinburgh. Now you see, yeah, when you say that Vicky, it sounds like he works in a circus or something. <laughs> But a forensic mind reader is what he is on stage. Okay. You know, he's like a Darren Brown. Do you know Darren Brown? Yeah, that fella? yeah. So he is actually a forensic scientist. That's his real job. So he profiles uh, criminals. That's what he did as his job. So he'd sit in front of someone and basically he tells you if your man's lying or not lying and all that stuff. Okay. So well, he's a mate of mine because so, he's, he's an act. So I said to him, like, I was in this kind of, I don't know, it's midlife crisis. No, what was going on? Like, maybe it was like, because I was recently... Uh, you know, separated and all that kind of stuff. And then you feel like, oh, I need to change my whole life. Like you go into a panic. There's yeah. no need. Yeah. And so I said to him, um, I want to go back to college and study uh, psychotherapy. And he was going, you, you want to what? And he went, no, 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 no. And he's looking at me going, no, you don't want to do that. You're only 50. I went, so what? He goes, I mean, you can if you want, but it's a waste of your time. Yeah. And he says, yeah, but I want to do like motivational speaking and work with mental health. And he says, you don't need to go back to college to do that, Jason. So he said, you already do gigs. Loads of people in a room will listen to what you say. So why don't you mix your stand-up in with mental health if you want? You can do that on stage. Yeah. And then he said, uh, and I'm going to give you these 11 books. And he says, they're like worth four years of, of learning. 
yeah. instead of he says i've i've studied this stuff for years and i've these are here's a, a good chunk of books that will basically get you through the whole thing i'm still reading them it's like over a year ago yeah. because he said it would take over a year some of the books oh my god get through anyway yeah so the last bit was um I then went to, I met Jennifer Griffin, who used to be a commission editor in RTE, and she was working for a mental health website called Turn To Me. Yeah. And if anybody wants to get on that, it's like turn number two, and then uh, turn to me.ie. And they give like free counseling on there, and there's peer groups, and it's really good. And it's Irish, you know, it's amazing. It's brilliant, because I actually put up, sorry to interrupt you, but I actually had put up a story a couple of weeks ago about mental health services. And a girl mm. that I was in school with, she wrote back to me and said that, oh, I'm she's doing stuff with turn to me i'd never heard about it before and then i started mm. to listen to your podcast mind your loaf and i was like god it's very unusual to hear straight like one person to the next and all then about turn to me so it's fantastic service and i've looked into it myself it's great yeah, and, and 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 it's again it's like you know it relies on donations and everything which is which again is disgraceful because like i've got a swedish family right and I'll, I'll just give you an example so my brother went to sweden and he married a swede but my nieces who are in their 20s i I was doing a marathon for temple street children's hospital or sorry i told them i was doing a marathon for charity and they said oh is it for like africa or for and they went no it's for ireland they went why are you doing a charity for ireland i went and is it for somebody sick i went well, no, it's for a children's hospital. And my Swedish nieces went, why would you do a charity? Why doesn't the government give you money? We're like, oh, my God. So yeah. turn to me, which is embarrassingly looks for donations. And the HSE give them like some, I don't know, not much, not as much as we need. Because yeah. you could pay all those counselors that are online and all that kind of stuff because it's all free. So I then asked Jennifer Griffin, who's like the, you know, one of the heads there said, I said, I'd love to do a a podcast i says because i want to learn about mental health yeah. but the best way to learn uh is you know to get experts in and listen to them you know yeah. you'll always you always you'll you'll see that loads of people like i've met so many people in my life that just don't that never listened they won't listen you know those people that won't listen to you mm. you know when you're talking to someone vicky and you just know they're not listening to you yeah they're they not taken in in nice yeah and they don't want to know what you're saying so they're they're normally tick right but like someone like that like i love you as this exact this example the, the dalai lama if you got him vicky went do you know something dalai lama he'd sit down and he'd go what vicky what because he'd want to know because he wants yeah. to constantly take in knowledge so i i i sit there on mind your loaf with my co-host mark cusack who's a psychotherapist because she's there for the big words that's what i have her for because uh yeah if anybody says something like massive my eyes just light up and she's like yes i know exactly thank you jason i'll just take over here <laughs> And so it's, it's, she's great for that. So I got in like neuroscientists, psychotherapists, grief counselors, suicide. Uh, and, and, you know, even, and you know, what's amazing, like lots of topics you think you shouldn't talk about Vicky. And in the third series, we have a suicide expert coming up, uh, Rory, oh my God, I forgot her name, O'Connor, yeah? Yeah. And he's in Scotland and he's a suicide He's expert in, in, in suicide cases. He's been studying for 25 years. And the one thing I said to him was, I was you know, this is, when the, this is in the third series of Mind Your Loaf. We haven't been talking about it. And he said, this is exactly what happens with, with uh, talking about suicide. Nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. And we should. And he's doing it for 25 years. And I said, I know. I didn't want to talk about it because I just went talk. Oh, my God, I shouldn't really say it because we think it's going to trigger people. And he went, No. It's the opposite. Yeah, it's you should, uh, and, and I was going like me, and then, so in that episode, I mind you, if you'll check it out, it's coming up soon. He tells you how, how you should just be out, out straight out with people in your family and ask them 
are they having suicidal thoughts? Like, because it's just, isn't it? You know, it's even as we're talking about it now, you're like, oh, Jesus, I shouldn't yeah, say it, that. But it is that, and I think that's what the one of the pros of the helping hand is. It's all anonymous. Now I know who the people are, and actually, very funny. Someone said to me recently, they were like, "You could actually expose so many people." with all the things that they tell you. I said, well, I'm obviously not going to do that. But anyway. Jesus Christ, I know that's a real Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know who you could, you could bury Vicky, bury, <laughs> as I try to tell you their deep secrets. <laughs> Bridgerton, or Bridgerton, the series that was like, they're like, you, you're like your one that has all the information. I was like, fuck off, a lot of you, like, I won't I be. know, well, as a man, I didn't really get to watch that. All I know that was, uh, all I heard was like, I, I asked a lot of women what it was about. It was so funny. They were going, eh, well, it's a, what they've lovely hair and they're all just fiddling each other. Just going, what? <laughs> and they're going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was a bit of that. But anyway, sorry to, to, to finish off. Yeah. Story, it's just that, you know, a lot of people come to me with questions and different topics that they want to discuss. And then I'm sitting there being like, shit, I don't know the answers to all this. So that was the idea. Mm. So then I would give it to the public and then they would respond all anonymously and help that person that is going through certain stuff. Now we haven't, thankfully, had someone that has had suicidal thoughts. Um, mm. I don't know, I suppose you'd send it to someone else, but you know, it's a lot to take on. And I know you doing the podcast and everything, you know, mm. it's how do you train your brain to just step out of the podcast or step out of the helping hand for when it's yeah. finished, you know, for the day. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, and I do another thing on Sunday called Jason Burns Check-In Sunday on Facebook Live, which is ba- is targeted at people who live on their own a lot around Britain, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand. They all click in. And so I don't even have to really zone out of it, really. I, I mean, I, when, I, when I do Mind Your Loaf, I will be talking to absolute experts. So it's like a latent. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like going, wow, I never knew that. Like, I literally leave it going, I never knew that. Like, we had... Uh, you know, Dermot Whelan, he, we did a whole episode on meditation, like, yeah. and all the way, and stuff that it does and how it helps you. But I don't feel, um, unless I get a really sad story, you know what I mean? That can sit with you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can get, like, um, like there's a woman, I, she comes on the Sunday um, check-in, and she's in London in a wheelchair on her own in the house, and she's housebound. So people mm-hmm. bring her, so she can't, nobody's allowed to go in and take her out. Do you know what I mean? at the moment because she's in lockdown and people had to bring her shopping and leave it in her hallway and she's just like you know so i do kind of think about them afterwards for a while you know what i mean and uh but the thing that helps is that uh you know the check-in sunday is there's all other people online with me it's not just me and my own they're all chipping in yeah all saying oh yeah okay not to worry maybe you should do this or you know ring this or there's people with advice going oh i'll do this and do that so it's not all on my shoulders you know what i mean that's what it is. Spread the love, Vicky. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, Jason, a couple of questions. Have you personally ever struggled with your mental well-being? Yes and no. So I asked um, a neuroscientist, uh, and these are brilliant. And there's a guy called Paul Murr, as in like Roger Murr. I always say Murr. How do you say Murr? M-O-O-R-E, Moore. Yeah, you see, that's how you're supposed to say it, Moore. But I say Murrs, like Ollie Murrs. So anyway, Paul Murr. He's, he's, uh, he works under the uh, umbrella of psychiatry in Trinity and he teaches psychotherapy and neuroscience and stuff. And so I, you know, neuroscience is brilliant to look into because that tells you how, why, why your brain does what it does. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you're going to go, oh my God, is that, what, is that what happens? I never knew that. So I said to him straight out, I says, 
you know, because I'm like a child with some of these guys. So I, I, I tell them straight away, I go, now I know nothing about neuroscience. Yeah. Imagine a 12 year old has come in and sat in front of you and he's asking you questions. And Paul goes, okay, I got it. Right. And so I said to him, do I have clinical depression? Because like I get so down because all my work is gone, all my gigs is gone, all my income is gone. And my dad passed away, you know, a year ago now. Um, when I was talking to him and my, my marriage had broken down after 20 years and I was just like in the gutter of, uh, you know, and, and he was going, well, he says, so, okay. He goes, okay, I'm listening to all the things that are happening to you. He says, you are like mentally fatigued is what you are. He says, so he says, all of us have, let's say you, Vicky, you have like, whatever, like family job work. It doesn't matter who it is, boyfriend, girlfriends, whatever. And they're all your foundations in your life. Yeah. And now and again, one of them gets taken out. And you get a bit wobbly and you're like, oh, geez, I can't really. But for me and for a lot of us during this, like all of our foundations have been ripped out from underneath us. So that's catastrophic and it's very hard to deal with. So I was in therapy as well. So that really helps. Um, like a quick line in therapy was that I, they've, uh, when I went first, I thought all my problems were going to be solved in that day. And my therapist was just laughing at me going, so you haven't been to therapy before? No. But she went, okay, that doesn't happen. I went, what? She goes, what I'll be teaching you, Jason, I won't be solving any of your problems. And I was going, well, what am I paying for? I'm not doing this. I want you to solve all my problems. Yeah, and they're not cheap. And they're definitely not, they're not cheap. No. I'm going, yeah, when the engine's broken in the car, you know, I want that fixed straight away, you know. But she's going, no, well. So, we, so she says, um, what we're going to do is I'm going to teach you how to, sh- how to sit in your own shit, which is the actual sentence she used, okay. which was brilliant. Now, what do you mean? She goes, well, all the things that are happening to you are really tough and shit, but I'm going to teach you how to sit in this shit and yeah. deal with the shit. And I just thought that was brilliant. So that's and, what they do. And what were the coping mechanisms for you then to kind of get through sitting in the shit? Mm. So, uh, yeah, so it was basically, uh, so at the end of it, sorry, just with Paul quickly, what, he, what I said to him was, so what can I, what can I, what can we do to our brains? Like Paul, give me like just an, an end sentence. And after a big, huge interview, all he said was, he said, make sure you don't eat processed food, stay away from processed foods, right? Eat well. And he said, um, meditate or do yoga and exercise somehow. And he says, and that will instantly make you happy. Right. And what? he says, that's, that's not a thing where you go, Oh, you know, if you went for a walk, oh, I feel great now. That that's not that's a chemical thing happening in your brain, yeah. And through your body, it's 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 releasing all sorts of endorphins and all sorts of stuff into you that makes you happy for mm-hmm. free. Yeah. And so, I started doing all that, and and I said, okay, I'm going to ask you one more thing, Paul. What's the top thing? And he said, meditation is the top thing for your brain. Interesting. Right? For calming you down, because there's. I, I can't I always forget the name of this in your brain but it grows with stress it's a physical thing that will grow inside your brain with stress I'll, I'll look it up now before we leave right and it, I always call it the epiglottis but that's the thing at the back of your neck and that's a Paul goes no that's not the, but anyway so um it's sorry yeah so that'll reduce in size when you meditate so all the stress and all leaves you and your worries leave you and I'm so Irish as well like you know what I mean and I'm like I'm not doing that that's like what Tibet, like a monk on the top of a hill. We're not meditating, and it's insane how good it is. Like, and then there's and there's older people that will go. Well, I'm too old to meditate. Like, there's there's people 110 in Japan still meditating. I know, I, mean? I know. And all you gotta do is sit there in your chair or lie in your bed and just breathe. And then also guided meditation is the best because you'll always hear these guys going, "Just empty your brain," and then mind just fills. Yeah. <laughs> 
it just goes Rrrp! and you go what do you mean empty your brain and now i'm thinking about toast when you eat bread oh my god jesus christ that bin needs emptying jeez do you remember you're in the isle of man as a child it doesn't shut up <laughs> so i need guided meditation with somebody going now lie down breathe do this jason so that's and that's that's been a great help i'd say meditation and then i love run i love to run okay. i love it and it and would you say that the psychologist that you went to and that said sit in your shit would she have kind of said the same mechanisms for you or was there any additional from her oh do you mean any more advice from her yeah in that sense well no it doesn't just so she said we're going to teach you how to sit in your own shit and that that's still going on okay. <laughs> do you know what i mean because so what happens is you have to go back to you have to get to therapy i mean you will i, I interviewed keith walsh who's the, on the breakfast show on, on today fm do you remember he was on there with bernard and jennifer and all you'll know keith anyway so he went to therapy and he says the one thing about therapy though it it does it makes you a better person but you come back to your family and your family go who the hell are you like you know they're literally going what what are you talking about meditating and what are you doing and what's all this honest shit? Can we keep a little, can we put a break on the honesty? Because I had a great phrase, which I always say to everybody now, and I learned this in therapy. And uh, my therapist said, never say yes, unless you have the permission to say no. Yeah. And that has been a whopper for me. I like going around, people are asking me to do something, going, no. Yeah. And they're like, what? Because Irish people don't know how to say no. I did one of the other episodes with uh, Sarah Knight, who's the author of, um, you ever see the books Calm the Fuck Down and yeah, all that? You'll see them at the airport. Podcast on that one is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And that was one where she's, I was telling her about Irish people not being able to say no. And she was laughing her head off, going, What do you mean? You just say no. You know, do you want to go to a party? Just say no. No, we just say yeah, straight away. We don't care. I said, We have friends, Sarah, for years that we don't even want. We have them like 10, 15 years and we can't tell them to go away because you haven't got the neck. So I thought it was very funny in that, in that podcast with her one of the quotes that was said was um you know like we were going to a party on a thursday night and after work we go for the pint or we go to the party and we just can't say no we're irish we love our pints we love going out after work blah blah it's like mm. that is so fucking true yeah Everybody, we don't like yeah we don't want to upset anybody you don't want to miss don't be upset well, it's not even not missing the crack. We have this thing about upsetting other people. Yeah. And like, and all you're doing is you're putting yourself into an uncomfortable zone while everybody else is happy and you're going, I wish I didn't bleed and do this. Mm -hmm. But it's so powerful to say no. It's brilliant fun. Like it's actually, try it. It's the best crack ever. And someone asks you to do something, just go, no, I don't want to do that. And watch their face and everything and go. But people respect no people more than yes people. So if somebody's in a business, if I'm in a business, like, oh, yeah, I run a business and I look at the board and I have someone that keeps saying yes to me all the time and saying yeah about everything, I'm going, ah, suspicious about them. Yeah. I'm more into the woman on the other side of the table that's going, no, I'm not doing that. No, I don't think that's a good idea because I know that they're more powerful yeah. and a stronger personality. Yeah, for sure. I know that's definitely, like, that's definitely a good thing, but I do think that a lot of people at the moment I would say are saying no a lot more often than yeah. can't. You know, they can't go out and meet people for pints or they can't go meet their friends. So no is coming into it quite a bit. Yeah, but that's that's circumstantial. I, I get that. Yeah, that's an easy no though. Yeah. <laughs> Can you go yeah. point? No, it's not open. Yeah. But it's even um, your own relationships with somebody, you know what I mean? You should be able to say, I don't want to do that without the man or the woman freaking back out at you, going, what do you mean? Yeah, do you? We are doing that. No, I don't want to right now. So it's a, it is a great sentence in work, relationship, life, outside. You know, it, it, it works for me. Because I say I was such a yes person. 
okay. in my career, I said yeah to loads of things I wish I didn't. Right. But that's grand. I then I learned loads. You know, like, but, like what? Give us an example. Oh, like when I did um, my sitcom for the BBC, I was I my idea was. Like I should have stood my ground because I did this sitcom with BBC and they wanted me to do it in front of a live studio audience and make it all kind of Mrs. Brown. Okay. And I wanted to have no audience and put it outside and make it all dark because it was about a bloke. My idea on paper was that it was about a bloke whose wife has died and he has to raise the kids on his own. He's never done that before ever, right? Which is great. That's like watching the struggle of that. It's great, kind of good, dark comedy. Anyway, cut to my wife going to work and me staying at home with two kids and a happy, clappy audience. And me just sitting there going, what the fuck, what, what is this? Have you, if you ever watch Ricky Gervais's extras, yeah. have you ever seen it? He gets a sitcom in it. And the, and the head of BBC goes, is there any chance that you'd have a, maybe a punchline? And he's going, a fucking what? A punchline? And he's doing the sitcom and he's living in hell. And that's what happened to me. And I actually got a person in the BBC who asked me, do you have a punchline? And I was going, a, a fuck? I've gone from a dark comedy to, to a man trying to raise children on his own with, with, with no money to fucking hooray, clappy clap, and then dint, dint, lint, dint, burp. I'm like, so you have to be strong. And you're young enough now to go from here onwards like that. And don't worry, like Ricky Gervais was asked to do The Office a thousand times, a thousand different ways. And he said, no, I'm not doing it that way. Yeah. And they says, well, then you're not doing it. And he went, well, then I'm not doing it. Yeah. And they kept at him and he went, no. I'm writing it, I'm editing it, I'm directing it. And You're not fucking touching it. it. Now, like, it's probably one of the most watched shows. Yeah, because, because he did it. He knew, he had the vision. He knew exactly what he wanted it. And Peter Kay used to get that grief about Phoenix Knights. He's another comedian. And they used to go, you used to hear people going, I don't really like working with Peter Kay. Yeah, because he told you to fuck off. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why you don't like working with him. Yeah, the Irish version is saying no, basically. Yeah, and there's loads of different times in my life. And, but listen, the worst thing you can do, and there's a great uh, fellow called Alan Watts. He's a great guru to listen to. He's got a beautiful English voice. He, he died in 1960-something, but he talks like he's talking to you now. And you can put in depression, money, sadness, egos, and you'll find it on YouTube with Alan Watts. But he said, don't be looking in the past and don't be looking forward. Because if you look in the past or you look forward, you're not living. Yeah, you need to live now. But that is impossible. It's so hard to live in the present. Like right now, I'm sitting here talking to you. The sun's shining out the window. This needs to be a, a good thing right now. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, even, though, even though I'm looking at my clock going, oh my God, I have to do this other thing after. Which, no, I don't want to talk about that now. I want to sit here with you and do this now. Jason, can I ask you, you know the way um, comedians now, I do love going to a comedy show. I do find them very funny. The Laughter Lounge would have been a great spot for uh, yeah. before COVID times. But you know the way they, you always take the piss out of yourself to get others to laugh at you? Mm. Well, sorry, that's what... That's, com that's how comedy works. It is, it is how it works. But do you think, you know, with everyone so openly talking about their mental health and mental well-being... Do you think that if, for comedians, that they will use their mental health as another tool to be laughed at for comedians? What, actually open up about their mental health on stage? Yeah, on stage and, you know, mm. you know get the no. laugh everyone about that when it's quite serious, you know? Yeah, well, what they're doing is, um, as a comedian, you know, male and female, you have to be, look, you have to look vulnerable up there. Yeah. As in, like, you have to come down to their level of how they live 
you need to connect with their lives or they won't laugh because they're laughing at something they don't understand. But if they, so if I tell, so like for example, if I tell them when I was younger and my mom used to chase me around the house with a slipper and throwing brushes at me and all sorts of stuff, do you know what I mean? And they're all laughing their heads off. But if you put, take that out of context and sit yeah. down and I'm therapy and I'm going, my mom used to hit me with a brush and all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, so that's what we do. We use our, our past and whatever that sometimes can be horrific. Like uh, um, a brilliant comic called Hannah Gadsby. You can, you can have a look at her. She has a show up on Netflix now, actually. And that's all about her mental health, that whole thing. And I remember seeing Hannah in Edinburgh and I said, oh, Hannah, I've got to go and see your show. And she said, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and I said, why? She goes, it's not funny. I went, but it's one loads of comedy awards. She goes, I know, yeah, but fuck me, Jason is a heavy. <laughs> so, the, so I went, okay, okay, Hannah. So there's loads of people that will do that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And Hannah doing that has helped loads of other people. Yeah. Um, but we won't always know. We won't always go out. I won't go. I won't go out and go. Oh my god, I had such a hard of a childhood because I had a great childhood. You know what yeah. I mean? But I will go out and say this and that happened to me. Which, yeah, out of context and on paper, if you read it, doesn't look right. And um, but it's comedy. You know what I mean? You have to. Comedy is 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 about being vulnerable. You know, they want to because then they want to go. Oh yeah, that happened to me. Or they also want to feel like, oh my god. I mean, oh my god. Thank God that never happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So exactly. there's all sorts of different walks of life. What it just actually popped into my head there. I I know you said you lost your dad last year, so I'm very yeah. sorry to hear that. Um, you know, I've heard of a lot of people losing people, especially during lockdown and COVID. It's been very tough. Um, would you find would you find it very lonely at times without your dad? Well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I obviously didn't live with my dad, so I and I was going around the world gigging all the time and coming back and forth. But the one thing that you, that you find weird, I remember Des Bishop saying this as well. Um, like when Des rang his mother's house and the answer machine went off, like you'd hear her voice and then he'd forget that she was dead. Do you know what I mean? So you do that with my dad, with lockdown, you know, with the opening and closing of lockdowns and whatever we have, you know, we're back and forth to my mom whenever we can and all that kind of stuff. But I was used to not being in the house for, you know, four weeks, five yeah. weeks, six weeks. And then I'd see my dad and my mom. That'd be grand. So that's still happening to me. You know what I mean? And still when I gig. So when I, was, so when I went back up to the house, I'm expect, I literally open the back door and I think that my dad's going to be in the shed. And then I go, oh, no, shit, no, he's not there. So you kind of, that kind of upsets you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so you, yeah, I mean, I'm not, you're not lonely without, without my dad because I have my mom and my, my family and yeah. you, you need to, you know, even if your family can't be around you right now with lockdown, you can still get them on the phone or on the Zooms. Or and my sister lives with my mom with her two sisters, or with, with, sorry, with her two kids. And I mean, I've never seen my mom having so much cracking on my life. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? She's she's like she's born again, and we and she feels guilty sometimes about that. And I go, no, like that, dad's fine. You'd be fine with that, mom. You know, you you need to live now. And I says you can't be like Alan Watts as well said a brilliant thing. He said that um, you know it's exhausting to mourn somebody every day it's yeah. imagine getting up every day and going oh jesus that's okay for the initial bit but can you imagine doing that forever yeah and he says lo a lot of people do that they get up and they go oh my god i can't believe he's dead oh my god i can't believe he's dead and he's going that is just too tiring right yeah. and he was saying that um you know you need to treat someone who's died like and that's how i treat my dad now he's like a really good old book it's like a book that you forgot the ending in 
and you pick up a book and go, oh my God, do you remember this? And then you read the end and go, oh, that was the end. And yeah, like I, I rewatched Breaking Bad. I forgot loads about it. And I went, and I went, oh yeah. So I do that with my dad. Whenever I go up and see my mom, I go, dad, do you remember when dad did this? And we, we remember him and we have so much laugh. Yeah, we yeah. laugh our heads off. And that, mean, and that keeps him alive because another thing they say, Again, I keep quoting Alan Watts. It's just that he's just so good. He says that when you die, you never really die. So your your conscious stays behind. You know, your subconscious yeah. stays behind because that's you can't touch or feel that. Yeah, so yeah. that's like your soul. And you bring somebody else's subconscious alive by talking about them. About about me saying, Do you remember dad was out the back like and he just wouldn't come in? He's like smoking seven fags out there yeah, and he's yeah. stinking the fags of whiskey. And then he and then he comes in moaning that like his feet are hurting him. And we're going, Yeah, because you're smoking and the blood can't get to your feet to heal it. And then you're throwing whiskey in there as well. That's not a cure. And you're sitting out in the freezing cold. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's good to remember people. It's fun. Yeah, no, for sure. And I suppose like you do touch base on that with your podcast and everything. What's the future for the podcast? Uh, well, the well, we're ju- we've just released a third series, and it like it's hard to do because you know you need money to do it, and uh, you know payment, and and I'm still doing it for free, but we you know we donate money that we get into turn to me. So we're on with the third series is uh, a, there's about there's seven episodes in that, and they're dropping every week. We've got another one this Friday. And um, the next thing is to just me and Mara just to, we'll get going on the fourth series. But what I'm really trying to do this time is I'm trying to get sponsorship for it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm trying to get a good big company in there to to sponsor it, yeah. and then I can pay like because you got to pay. It's got to be properly edited in one of those studios. They take the thing away after we record it. Pay the uh, like Mar, who's a psychotherapist, like she's like she's she's just not she's sitting there for the fun of it, going, uh, "I'm actually a qualified therapist there." I'm going, "Yeah, welcome to the free world of entertainment, Mar." So, and it's also good because I want to you know get more money in for Turn to Me, and the more money we get, then you say you you barely heard of this Turn to Me. We yeah. need to get more. We need to push it out more with more advertisement, uh, you know, on the on the internet or whatever you do now. Yeah. Oh, so that's that's fantastic! Like it's an, an amazing service to. Even yeah, and then, yeah, and then people like you, and I've had loads of people go, oh my God, I found that podcast you do. It's really good. I'm going, yeah, I know it's really good. Like, it's, it's not me sitting there talking about neuroscience. It's a proper professor. And it's not me talking about, like, suicide and grief and luck and happiness. Like, we had a doctor of happiness on, Andy Cope. I, I mean, that... I loved him. I know. What I a great bloke. I actually have listened to it about three times, and I've taken some... <laughs> Like he is fantastic. He was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so you should get his book Shine. And Gavin Oates is the is another guy who was on with us, and he's he's the co-author of Shine, and um, he's he's brilliant as well. And but Andy, I mean, it's so funny when every time he gets interviewed, he goes, "Yes, I am a doctor of happiness." And I go, "Are you a professor of happiness?" No, I'm a doctor in happiness. I was going, and then I remember saying to him, "He goes, how long?" He says, "Like twenty years or something mad, wasn't it?" And yeah. I went. And he said, and then he said in this tone, can you imagine talking to happy people yeah. for 20 years? It's like, oh, Jesus, maybe not. Because we love to go to a pub and sit down. Like, I can't wait to go to a pub and listen to an outfla moaning his arse off. I know. They're great. How are you? I'm not great. Yeah. I tell you something. And then you're like, oh, brilliant. Juicy. I know. Yeah, no, God, people are definitely kind of coping in their different ways. But I did think one of the most beautiful quotes that Andy Cope said on the happiness podcast was happiness is an emotion but it's the mindset of the positive or positivity is the mindset from it. I was, yeah. I was something like on the lines of that I was like that is yeah 
those Mars. It's so true. And you know, yeah. people are like, even that, you know, that's when you see someone laughing, you laugh with them, even though you don't mm. know what they're laughing at. No, it's an, yeah, and even and, and smiling, you try that out for the crack, everybody listening in as well, just just for the day. Yeah. If you smile at somebody, they always smile back at you. Yeah, 100%. Let's go, hi, yeah. And, and they like, big grin, and they always kind of go, oh, hi. Even if they're not a grinner, they're like, they're wondering what's happening to their miserable face that starts gr- gr- grinning. But yeah, Andy's got lovely, and my favorite Andy, Andy Cove quote, which I always quote as well, is when he, when he signs off, he always goes, I've got one more team to say, go what? Be the person your dog thinks you are which is a brilliant thing, right? Because dogs love everybody, right? So, you know, when you come in, you could be the most miserable shit outside in the world. You come in, your dog, no matter what, goes, oh my God, you're home, you're brilliant. Oh my God, you're great. Can I sit in your lap? Can I lick you? What do you want to do? Do you want to go over here? Oh my God, look at this. Oh my God, I've got so much to tell you. You're the best person in the world. Yeah, yeah. So be the person your dog thinks you are, because there's no dog that's grumpy. Have you ever seen a grumpy dog? I've seen old grumpy dogs because they're like sick and dying. That's not their fault. But, <laughs> never like we, we have a little sausage dog and the thing is just delighted to see it like you know so it has no idea what you've been up to that day but yeah, yeah be the person your dog thinks you are it's great advice Sorry, that's a good one to uh finish it off and listen i won't take any more any more of your time off jason but no thank thanks a million vicky i'm well done on helping hand thank you thank you we'll have you on again when uh, i have thirty thousand followers like yourself Jesus, yeah, I know. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Trying to get the followers up is so funny. And where do you see now? I'll put up my Patreon this weekend, you know what I mean? To, for people to pay. And Dave Max Savage as well put up his Patreon. And Dave Max Savage is such a funny comic. He said he's, he's like, he got whatever, 300 Patreons out of his 50,000 people. And he went, he went on camera, he went, do you know when my landlord calls here? He doesn't want a fucking bag of laughs. He wants money. <laughs> so he says, so thanks for all your laughs and your likes. But I can't eat them and I can't pay me rent with them. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, so yeah, you as well. I'm, I'm hope, yeah, and you should try and get sponsorship as well for your helping hand. One day, yeah, we know a couple of more uh, really interesting um, podcasts and interviews that are coming up. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a prosthetic company that does plastic hands and legs and all. Maybe. Oh my God, that's amazing. Let's see that again. Show us. Did you not get, that's the whole idea of the logo. Oh yeah, I have seen you do that. Yeah, I've seen that up. That's amazing. I'm so, I'm so like that. Like I'm always going, oh my God, that's amazing. I had a friend of mine in Edinburgh and he's a promoter and one of his hands is smaller than the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And whenever you shake, anybody shakes his hands, they always get freaked out. They don't say it. Right, and the first time I shook his hand, I went, "Oh my God, look at your hand!" And he was like, "Oh yeah, look." And I was going, "Look at his hand; it's amazing." And he was like, like showing everybody his hand. So, well, celebrate. I, yeah, well, I used to do this thing with kids. You know that joke where we you, you take your nose. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I do kids, and they, I, they'd say, oh, "Where's the finger gone? <laughs> lost it? <laughs> well, now you need to definitely, yeah, get the prosthetic company. They'll have loads of money. Yeah, they do. They've loads of money, sure. We'll yeah, see. do that. I know that's real Irish. They've loads of money. <laughs> you bring up the prosthetic company, they're like, We haven't got any money. Who told you that? <laughs> uh, Mary, up by the fucking daybreak. <laughs> right. Okay, Vic Saroos. Look, good luck. And sir, send us any links and I'll put them up in my, you yeah. know, the, I, I find that up on um, Instagram stories is the best place to put any ads. They just seem to fly up there. And you can put your links in there as well. I don't. Look at us. We're great. All right then. Thanks a million, Jason. See you later. Okay, Vicky, no bother at all. See you. Bye. Bye.